another episode of 30 Flirty Surviving. This is Tracy. New episodes come out every Monday at 9 a.m. on all of your favorite streaming platforms. And you can follow along with the show on Instagram at 30 Flirty Surviving. I love to hear from you guys, feedback, guest referrals, what topics you want to cover. So keep it coming. We have a lot to unpack in 2023. So I will take all the suggestions and recommendations that I can. Um, kind of a good segue actually that I am really trying to make sure that I give you guys as much diversity as possible with my guests and I think that every person that I have come sit here with me in the studio has a really wonderfully unique perspective whether they come from the same industries or not but it is always cool to uncover something that we haven't discussed before. And I know that a lot of times on this show, I say to you guys, you know, 30 does not mean we have to have it all figured out. It does not mean we don't need to be, you know, married or have babies by now. But the reality is there are a lot of us who do. And I want to celebrate both of those stages in life for our 30-year-old women, those who do have kids, those who do not. And I thought what better way to do that than to have my guests with me here today. I have Kristen and Allie from A Nanny Match and I love the entire concept of this business. I love how the idea came to be and what it's grown into and I don't even want to butcher it any further. I'm sure you all are smart. You know already sort of where it's going um, but I want Kristen and Allie to speak to it. So uh, let me introduce you. Kristen is sitting here with me in the studio today. She is the founder and CEO of A Nanny Match, and Allie is on Zoom. She's virtual, so she's here in spirit, and she's here on camera, and she is... What's your official title, Allie? I'm the official Boston placement specialist at A Nanny Match. Placement specialist. Okay, so she is the go-to for all things Boston, so we definitely wanted to incorporate her and have her here. Ironic that the Boston person is not here in Boston today, but they were so gracious to reschedule with me, so I am making her do this while she's on vacation, so I apologize, but I appreciate you being a trooper. We're happy to be here. Yeah, thanks, thanks Tracy, for having Yay. us. Okay, so before we go into a nanny match and sort of describe a little bit about the business and um, give them more information, I like them to learn about you girls first. So I asked just a couple basic questions. Um, let's start with Kristen, and then we'll go to Allie so that we can kind of keep it clear for the listeners since they don't have the visual on sort of who's talking. So Kristen, where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in Bergen County, New Jersey. Okay. Right, right outside of the city in New York. Okay, perfect. And did you grow up there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, perfect. How old are you, if you don't mind me? I am 40. <gasps> I just turned 40 this year. Yay! Yay! I have a question for you. How does it feel? Um, 
It feels good, actually. Yeah? Yeah. The hesitancy makes me a little unsure if you believe that or not. (laughs) No, it's true. You know, I think that every stage of your life, if you appreciate it, it feels good. Yeah. But to that point, definitely appreciate your 30s. (laughs) Oh, okay. I know. I'm sure things just get a little stiffer more quickly, right? That's my biggest fear. But but inside, Mm. I'm sure you don't feel all that much different. No, I mean, I'm... I feel more accomplished, too. And that is an incredible <laughs> feeling. So let's end that part on that note. Um, when is your birthday? October 13th. So you are a Libra. Yes. You're our balance scale. I am. Do you resonate with being a Libra? I do. You do? Yeah. Okay. I'm always seeking balance. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, Ali, you're up, girlfriend. Where are you from? I am from Westchester, New York, born and raised there, Um, went to school in Boston, moved out to L.A. for 10 years, moved back to New York to be with my now husband, and now we're back in Boston (laughs) to come where we kind of met like 15 years ago. Um, How sweet. I just turned 35. Um, Birthday is January 2nd. So it's a couple of weeks ago. Happy belated. Yeah, thank you. And I am definitely a Capricorn type A. (laughs) Love every love structure. Amazing. (laughs) And then, um, Kristen, I I skipped over this question. What's your relationship status? I am married. Married. For how long have you been married for? We've been together for about 12 years. We've been married for like six. Amazing. Amazing. And then a fun question for the both of you guys can decide who wants to answer it first. But I I think the older that I get, the further I move away from necessarily like New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. I just, my goal is like, just be better than you were last year, you know, incorporate a little bit more, try to do a little bit more, say yes to more things. But yeah. not like, I'm going <laughs> to not eat sugar. You know, right. like, come on. Um, but do you guys have anything? I'm the same way. Yeah. Goals. I, I always have goals. Yeah. And plenty of them to keep me busy. So Anything in particular for this year? Um, for a nanny match, I want to streamline everything, make everything, make our services more available to a wider community. Mm-hmm. Um, on a personal level, I just... I'm always seeking that balance, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And um, finding more space for creativity and wellness, all of that. I love that. Allie, what about you? Yeah, same. I think that for me, regardless of the time of the year, just as a human being on this planet, it is my responsibility to continue to learn and continue to grow and to continue to just be present um, in all the things that I do and definitely to... Um, grow a nanny match in Boston and to really try and be as present as I possibly can for my little boy who's coming. Um, I got to do that for so many families that I got to work for and now it's my turn and I get to do it for my own. So that's a, a big hope. I love that. And yes, spoiler alert, you can't see the belly, but (laughs) Allie is seven months pregnant, which I just found out before we started recording. So the more we go on, I was saying to her that I can't wait to kind of get her perspective on things and if it's changed at all now that she's soon to be a mother after all these years of sort of being in this space in this industry. So I think it'd be cool to see if you start looking at things through a different lens, but we will get to that. But Kristen, I want to start with you. 
Give me, first and foremost, the quick sort of elevator pitch. If someone were to say to you, what is a nanny match? That's always so difficult for me to do. A quick, <laughs> it's, it's really difficult because um, it means so much to me. And it's such a huge part of my life. And what we do, I mean, I feel like I'm just doing it all the time, every minute of the day. Um, but a nanny match is essentially a placement service for families. It's a nanny family matchmaking service. And we treat it more like dating matchmaking than a so typical cool. agency structure. Yeah. So, you know, but there's there's that part of it. And there's also the recruiting part of it. So we have a team that's constantly recruiting and looking for the top talent in mm -hmm. all the cities that we serve. So we've got our team doing amazing work. And then me and Allie do all the matchmaking, which is a lot of fun. Fine. <laughs> yeah. So we get to meet all the nannies. We talk to all of the families, the parents. We find out what they're looking for, what would make the ideal match of a nanny for their family. Mm -hmm. And then we work we, we work with the top candidates that we find, and we make the matches that way. When you say that it is more, is you guys treat it more of like a dating matchmaking service. What are the additional steps that you guys take specifically? And you, I know you said you were kind of like looking through all these different requirements on the families and in the nannies. So I don't mean to be redundant, but what what takes it that step further um, to make it a little bit more special or unique? Yeah, so we actually meet with the families. I used to do it in person before COVID hit. Now we do everything over Zoom. So we meet with them and we have in-depth conversations about what would make their ideal match. And we walk them through what they might not even know to ask yeah. themselves. Um, and then we create the, pro the profile of the candidate that would make the most sense for them based on everything that they tell us. Um, from there, we go back to our team. Our team starts narrowing down the candidates by the requirements. And then we also work with our inner network of nannies that we've grown and established relationships with over the years. Very cool. So you guys sort of work backwards in a way of rather than, okay, here's everyone that's available and take your pick. Yeah. It's in your ideal world. You yes. know, if you could check, if you had all these boxes that you wanted to check, what are those? And then you cross-reference that to what's available. So it's a little bit more of a curated experience. Yeah, we talk about personalities. We talk about what type of people that their children connect best with, what type of people they work best with. Mm -hmm. um, if they've had childcare providers in the past, what has worked well with them before, what has not. Awesome. And we use all that information to narrow it down. Yeah, and all and that we really go into with our searches is the personalities are so important to us. Um, you know what what makes what um, the family really jives with, and what the nanny really jives with too. And is that the perfect match? And so we kind of take it a step further in that regard, and we try and get to know these candidates on somewhat of a personal and interpersonal level. So it's not just okay, you're checking all of the boxes. We really go into you know them. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think it's only going to increase your chances of success so that when someone comes to you guys, they really only have to go through this once, you know, right. and not a bunch of trial and error, which is important when you're talking about the care of their children, right? right? You it's know, like that safety element, that trust is is going to be their number one priority for a as a parent, right? Yeah. So it's 
It's a completely different type of hire, too, mm-hmm. because this person is hopefully going to become like an extended member of the family. So you're interviewing for yeah. an extended member of the family. Yeah. Which is a absolutely like personal and precious and intimate thing that you can have someone come into your home and take care of your most prized possession, your, your children. Yeah, absolutely. We treat it like that. I love that. Okay. So now that they know what it is, Kristen, I want you to kind of talk through, I think it'd be perfect to hear a little bit about your background. Like, how did you get here? Where did the concept come from? And when it all got started? And then Allie will have you come in and sort of let us know when you came into the picture and a little bit about where you were at beforehand, too. And we'll kind of see it all come together. Okay. So, Kristen, what where did this all come from? <laughs> um, I have to say a lot of it came from over 20 years of experience in the childcare industry myself. Okay. Um, I mean, I started working when I was 15 years old and I started, you know, babysitting. I worked at a bakery. I worked at an independent music shop. I worked as a waitress. But what I really enjoyed, other than the CD shop, that was fun, <laughs> um, was caring for children and I became a nanny right when I started college, and I was doing that full-time while I was also going to school full-time. And um, that kind of kick-started my whole interest in childcare. Yeah. So after that, I went into teaching preschool, and then after the college, I went into recruiting. So okay. around, you know, and then actually after that, I moved to the city to pursue my dream of working in the art world. I had gone to college for art, um, so I started working in art galleries, but that had to be supplemented with uh, part-time nanny work because it just does not pay mm, anything at all. Um, I, I enjoyed both jobs, but really I did not enjoy the insane amount of hours and also the limit of how high I could go with both of them. Yeah. So around 2014, I started thinking about where all my talents lie, where are all my interests, mm-hmm. and that's where I came up with a nanny match because it's recruiting, childcare, working with families, working with people. I love working with people. Um, yeah. And, and the possibilities are kind of en- endless, right? Yeah. Um, so where did you originally start? Um, you weren't international right no, no, away. No. So what was the first market that you brought a nanny match to? New York City. New York City. That's where I was living. That's where I had a connection with a bunch of families that I was working with. And mm-hmm. I knew I had a large community of nannies I was working with, um, or side by side, I guess I should say, at, yeah. that, point, at that time. Um, so it started in New York City. Uh, so I guess it's a pretty big beast to tackle first, but... That kind of paved the way for everything right. else. It's like no risk, no reward. I feel yeah. New York's a little intimidating, but also you know you're going to be able to get a great return from it as long as you can kind of yeah. see it through because yeah. there's definitely a lot of hustlers, working mom and dads who need their kids cared for. So it's yeah. a great resource for them to have in that area. Um, 2014, you you said you were, you've been with your... Husband, 12 years. So you were in a relationship. Did you have a kid of your own? Or do no. you have kids of your own at no, all? No, we don't have kids. Interesting. I know. It's so funny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, you know what? When I talk to parents, sometimes they're like, oh, you had enough of it when you were a nanny? I was <laughs> like, um, no, no. Um, yeah, no. The 
I was curious if like there was ever a sort of like personal need for this thing too that also played a part into it. But yes, actually, I started replacing myself when I was so I had as I was saying I worked at art galleries, so mm-hmm. it was always this understanding that if there was going to be a big exhibition, that I might not be able to work anymore the, the same hours, and that did happen often. So okay. I kind of got passed around from family to family with that understanding, and so every time I had to replace. I felt bad leaving. I would get so attached to these families. So I would replace myself. And so mm-hmm. that's when I started to see what it looks like from the, the parents' perspective, going on to these websites and, like, just trying to find nannies. It's like going on to Craigslist, yes. but for nannies, which... Yeah, and it's just so automated and robotic and not personal mm-hmm. whatsoever. And I think it's really special that you put that extra time and attention and care into who's going to fill your shoes because you know what, you know, your work ethic is, you know what you bring to the table. And so it's, it's nice for the parents and the family to be like, okay, well, if she thinks this person can step in pretty seamlessly, then we trust her, you know, we're going to take her word for it. Right. And that's actually where the whole, uh, understanding of what was missing in the industry came about too because I realized the reason why I was able to successfully place people to replace me mm-hmm. was that I knew the family really well. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that kind of started to build your business model and yeah. why you do things the way that you do um and you got to hone in on all of your different talents. It kind of just came together. And when did you start branching out from New York to other areas? It's interesting. My next place was Italy. Positano, Italy. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And that's because... Go big or go home. Yeah. Go big or go to Italy. Yeah. It it should be the new slogan for Italy. Um, No, my husband and I got married there. We had a Jersey wedding for New York and Jersey people. Did you have a a little snooky puff? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, no, not quite. Um, but <laughs> had to ask. You were more of a JWoww girl. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, um, it was fun. It was right on the water and everything overlooking Sounds the city. Gorgeous. But we had a really small, intimate wedding with our friends in Italy. But the reason why we didn't have it there is that um, in Italy, the whole thing was that. You know, it was obviously very complicated for people to try to get there. Yeah. But when I was looking for childcare for my nieces and nephews to hopefully come, I realized there there are no nanny agencies out there. And part of the reason for that is because Nona takes care of all of the children. Well done. So right. But there's a huge need for, you know, in Positano in particular, a lot of people get married there. There's a lot of events that take place there that people need child care for. Mm-hmm. So I... So more short-term care. Yes. Got it. Versus Event, long-term. Temporary, even temporary live-in for like mm-hmm. a week or two. Um, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's, it's nannies in Italy. They're already there. Very cool. How did you go about that though I mean it's one thing to Mm -hmm. plan a wedding in another (laughs) country it's a whole other beast to start a business yeah how did you know what to do well I am the queen of research and I hired an accountant and a lawyer in Italy and just took all the next steps honestly Massachusetts is is harder to set up than Italy really (laughs) yeah my god yeah (laughs) <laughs> wow. Okay. I wouldn't have thought that. So you went from New York to Italy. Right. Now, 
generally speaking, I'm sure you don't want to rattle them all off, but just so people who are listening have an idea, what other areas can you service today? Our largest bases of candidates is Boston, New York, Miami, okay. Italy for just that particular area, like Amalfi Coast, Rome. Um, but we do all of the United States. I've even done Kentucky. So like we wow. could do anywhere. Um, but we have a built-up established bases in Miami, Boston, and New York. Tri-state area, I should say. Jersey, okay. Westchester, Connecticut. Okay. Um, and one of the other reasons why you had told me previously you really wanted to, you know, create this business was you are a traveler. You're yeah. never in one place for too long. You like that freedom of being able to pick up and go. Um yeah. How has that been as a business owner, not necessarily having a home base? Do you think it, you know, can be not uh, the right word that's like I'm thinking of is like deterrent, but that's not what I mean. But like, do you think it can be a challenge, I guess, or does no, no, everything. When I set up a nanny match in 2014, Mm -hmm. I did it so that everything was going to be digital and virtually paperless anyway. Yeah. So I don't have any problems there. And now that it's more socially acceptable to do everything virtually, you know, the Zoom consultations, the interviews, I mean, nobody goes to the office to do that. And nobody goes to your house anymore. It's like almost would be a faux pas at this point. So, um, no, it's been awesome, really. I love that. I mean, the silver lining with the whole pandemic is that this whole work from home model is become more more acceptable yeah, for us. Definitely. You are such a boss. Okay, now Allie, <laughs> what year did you come into the picture? I came into the picture last year. Um and the way that this kind of all came about for me was I came out to LA and I was, and I majored in in, um, theater education and early childhood development. So I've always loved children. My dream was always to be a mommy. Um, And so I loved working with kids. And when I came out to LA, I started working in the entertainment industry um, in talent representation. And so I worked with all of the Disney Channel and Nickelodeon kids. And as I continued to start moving up um, the ranks there, it just became really apparent to me that I loved the children and I loved working with them and watching them grow up and coaching them through their auditions and talking to their parents, talking some of their parents off the ledge sometimes. (laughs) I'm sure more than you would like to admit, more times than you would like to admit. And I just loved it though. Like those were the relationships that I cherished so much. And it just became so apparent to me at a certain point um, that I loved the kids and I didn't love being a talent agent and it didn't completely align with my values. And so um, at 25, I did a real pivot and I was like, I think I want to become a nanny and see if this works. And uh, my very first position that I actually got through an agency was with a very high profile family. And from there, I continued to work for high profile and celebrity families um, throughout most of my career. Um, And I worked in LA, I worked in London, um, New York City, and then um, moved up to Boston. And As I was going through um, the process of working with all of these families and developing these incredible relationships and 
um, just being so interested in child care and child development and different philosophies of child rearing and really honing in on what I was passionate about. And that turned into infants. And so I just kept on um, going further and further with my own education and so and my certifications. And so I got certified to be a newborn care specialist, a postpartum doula, a birth doula. My goodness. Um, Yeah. And I began getting my master's in child psychology and postpartum depression and psychosis. And I just was just so interested in it. But the plan for me was always to essentially kind of establish my own um, nanny agency when it was time for me to have my own child, because I didn't want to as much as I loved what I did, I didn't want to leave my own child to go and raise other people's children. Mm -hmm have someone else raise my child. And um, it just so happened, Kristen and I met when I was um, when I moved back to New York City. And we just really hit it off. Like, I just was so impressed with her and with a nanny match. And um, we just always kept in touch. And then when I was in Boston, and she reached out to me and just kind of checked in on, you know, where was I in my life? And it was just so kismet. It was truly just the universe bringing us together at the perfect moment. And I was in a place where I was like, this is exactly what I want to do right now. Um, I was about to get married and my husband and I certainly weren't um, planning to wait very long to, you know, potentially have a child. So it was just the perfect time and the perfect transition. And I, you know, with my pedigree, I've always been very plugged into whatever um, area that I'm in. And I've always been a bit of a beacon for other nannies um, in terms of resources, in terms of using their voice, advocating for what they deserve, what they want. Um, And just the experience that I have, I've been a travel nanny. I've, you know, as I mentioned, worked for high profile families, worked for, you know, just run a standard as well. You've been in their shoes. So you can speak to a lot of it firsthand and also foreshadow any questions they may have before they even know that they have them because you know what's coming. Yeah. And so a lot of them, and I'm just such a social person and such a people person. I always chat with everybody and make friends with everyone that I go to. So I've always been very plugged into um, whatever area that I'm in, in the nanny network. And so when I moved to Boston, that was just kind of standard for me. And I just kind of always have my hand on the pulse of the, you know, what's going on. Yeah. Um, in the, in the industry at that time and in that area. And so that's kind of what made it a perfect match for Kristen and I um, Mm -hmm. at this time. And for me to be the Boston placement specialist in that area, because I do have my hand on the pulse and I know about the areas and so much of, you know, the caliber of nannies that are there and about the types of families that, you know, do want nannies and what they're looking for and what the standards are for them and what they deserve too and what the nannies really want right. on their end as well so yeah that's what brings me here. it's that okay first of all I we need to have like a TFS after show and you're gonna tell me all the um celebrities that you worked with and <laughs> I want like one juicy story but we just won't record it it will not be for public consumption number two I feel like you guys have both lived such extravagant lives like you've been a little bit of everywhere um 
But one of the things that I really appreciated that you had mentioned is also just the importance of, um, you know, understanding both sides and sort of helping both sides. Because I think as an outsider, not that I'm not trying to give credit to the nanny, but you would think like, you know, the family is the most important thing, right? But really it needs to be, every both sides yes. need to be happy for it to work. Yes. So you mm -hmm. need to give just as much TLC to your yep. nannies as you're giving to the family. And there has to be that fairness and that balance too. Yes. Otherwise it's just not gonna last. Exactly. It's also a matter of like, nannies can work with as many agencies as they want to. So for us to really show an interest in them and develop this trust relationship with them that they want to keep working with a nanny match, they want to have their, uh, you know, loyalty to us because they know that we care about them and that we're going to take care of them and we're going to fight for them just as much as we're going to fight for the family mm -hmm. and really, you know, treat both of them with as much care and trust and respect as they each really deserve for their families and for what, what they want. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I work in staffing. Um, so I think we talked about this in our call and I mentioned every once in a while on the show, but I, could not agree more with you, especially like, I don't know what the market right now is for nannies, but it's, it's just so interesting when you see certain trends, when it becomes more of, you know, a candidate market versus mm -hmm. a company market. Um, but there, I, although I think that my company is the best and it is in a lot of categories, you know, there's many other resources that they can go to, right? Mm -hmm. So if they're not getting the results that they want, or if someone else is going to be able to deliver on a promise there's no obligation for them to stay with us and like sometimes people just are either impatient or you know anything really right but they have the option so they're gonna continue to seek those out so it really is a good reminder of just like good people can go quickly and each side needs to be given the same respects and courtesies um, because that's how you make it all come together, you know? Exactly. That's how Allie and I actually met is I, inter I interviewed her for um, a newborn care specialist position. Oh! Yeah. And talk about building relationships. We... That <laughs> You know, right? we stayed in touch over the years. She blew me away on the interview. I really wanted to place her, but she ended up getting hired by, uh, I won't mention his name, but he's on SNL, who totally, their offer was way above my client's offer. Yeah, you're like, I would take it too, go girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Um, and uh, But we stayed in touch over the years. And then when I learned that she moved to Boston, and I had actually been getting a lot of inquiries from Boston families, but nobody up there. And I had I don't have the bandwidth to do Boston. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't have even opened Boston if Allie didn't move up here. And the saving grace. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, I just I wouldn't have had as much conf confidence in anybody else. She's our first lead specialist other than me. Wow. That's a, so that's a big deal. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. But also. What a great piece of just general life advice, too. Sometimes timing is not always on our side, but just networking and making yeah. connections, staying in touch and sort of taking the pressure off. There doesn't, you don't, you know, just because it didn't work out doesn't mean we can't, you know, check in and catch up every once in a while because you just never know what the future is going to hold. Right. And thank God that you guys did because now look where yeah. you are. 
That's really cool. That's a good reminder. I think we always just life happens so fast and you kind of meet people in passing and then you just move on to the next thing. But if we took a little bit more time and I think like made that investment and nurtured those relationships with people, you'd be surprised how they kind of come back for a full circle. Just having patience with yourself and with the world because, I mean, I wanted to do my own thing for uh, probably 10 years before the idea that I actually wanted to follow through with came to me, so. Right. Perseverance, baby. (laughs) Okay, so now I want to, for people that are listening at home and this is their first time hearing about a nanny match, I think you've given a really great basis on just what it is and your process, but I want to talk about services. So you teased in Italy, you know, it's not long-term. You have a lot of short-term and um, temporary help that you guys provide. If someone, what what can you assist with? Give me all the sort of scenarios mm-hmm. that you guys would be able to support. Sure, yeah. In the States, we focus on long-term placements because, okay. again, going back to our, our whole goal to make compatible matches, it's for the long-term. Um, the Italy portion is just seasonal and for people who are visiting. Um, so we do part-time nannies, uh, full-time nannies, temporary nannies if needed. So sometimes... Clients are, you know, in between nannies or their nanny has to go away on vacation or wants to go away, right. is going away on vacation um, and they need, you know, somebody in for a week or two. Um, we can help them with that. And then we also do housekeepers and we do family assistance. And a job that has become very popular lately over the past couple of years is family assistant slash nanny. And that all kind of came into play during, I mean, it's always been a job, but it, it's just been, um, we've gotten a lot more requests since family started working from home um, and just having that full-time care. Sometimes when the children go to school, having a family assistant is the person who comes in and like will help, you know, help the household run smoothly throughout the day. Okay. So they might like cook meals. Like what does a family assistant actually do? Yeah. So it could be a personal assistant or a family assistant. So taking care of like travel arrangements, scheduling doctor's appointments, um, running errands, doing the family laundry, meal prep for the family, um, cool. everything that you could think of that goes on in a day to day with when you have children, which is a lot and it's always changing every day. Wow. So they do that they and then they might like, like yeah, that. then they might go pick up their the children from school, bring them home, mm-hmm. keep, you know, keep them engaged with activities until it's time for them to go home. And you're so right, especially with so many mom and dads working from home, you don't necessarily need a nanny per se because they're there, right? Or they can pop out of work, you know, real quick to go pick the kids up. But how amazing would it be to have somebody to handle some of those, I hate to say like chores because I don't feel like that's just, but but it is, right? Our household chores so that when you sign off on your computer at the end of the day, you get to just spend time with your kids and enjoy it and not have to stress about the mess. And all the other little stuff that, you know, come along with it. Yes. That's such a reprieve for people. I imagine that's getting more and more popular. And then the other thing that I wanted to make clear, too, and and just distinguish. So if you do temporary support, you said there may be in between nannies, um, one to two weeks 
do you do anything less than that? Like, this is not a oh, service yeah. that you would reach out to for a babysitter on Saturday night. Am I go too sick? Or could you guys support something like that as well? No, we certainly do, especially if it's in one of the cities. Okay. Because a lot of our nannies are always looking to pick up extra babysitting hours. So okay, cool. date nights, weekends, stuff like that. Awesome. How far in advance would you need for something like that? At least 24 hours. Okay, that's not bad. No, but ideally a little bit more than that. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes, I can imagine, I'm sure. But that's that's really special to just highlight because I think that um, Nanny Match, you would I immediately go to long-term nanny, right? And so knowing that there's all these other areas that you guys can help out with when someone's in a pinch or they just don't know where else to turn to, it's good to know. Keep it in the memory bank. And then did you mention too, I can't remember if I'm like blacking out, <laughs> but living versus Yeah. Yeah. So definitely if live-in. someone's looking for like what's that more of an au pair, right? Or is that what it's called? Um, um au pair is completely different because what is they're it? coming for <laughs> Tell me. I don't know. So juicy, what is an au pair? I don't know. <laughs> Um, it sounds delicious. It sounds um, so fancy. Yeah. <laughs> and and delicious. No, um, an au pair is somebody who is specifically coming from another country and in exchange for how like room and board and so that they could have classes here, they usually are taking some kind of coursework here. Oh. Um, so and it's only for two years. So their contracts expire after about a year or two. Oh, okay. Interesting. So not necessarily au pair, but if a family was looking for somebody to actually move in and live in, yeah. you have people for that too? Yeah, that's actually another really popular place. Really? Yeah. yeah. Even Very with popular. COVID? More so with COVID. Actually, I guess that makes sense because you don't want them in yeah. and out. Yeah. Like, there were some really strict requirements too. Like they couldn't go home like for a month, but then they would go home for a week or something. It was very interesting. It's not really so much like that anymore. But yeah, still. things have started to lighten yeah. up a little bit. But live-in is really popular, especially if you're not in the immediate city because you – if you're like right outside in a suburb and there's not a whole lot of nannies to choose from in that area, then, and if you have all the extra space, then there are plenty of great live-in nannies who will be dedicated to your family that whole time, Monday through Friday, seven to seven, you know? Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Newborn care specialists as well. They can be contracted anywhere from two weeks to three months with a 24-hour schedule and they will live in as well. Wow. Okay, I'm learning so much, <laughs> so much. Okay, so let's talk about just the process. It, like, I'm a new client of yours. Say I have a newborn and a five-year-old, and I'm looking for a long-term nanny. And I know we'd sit down, we'd go through all of the things that I'm looking for. Let's play pretend kind of by using your frequently asked questions or your most commonly um, asked for things. What What are some of the things that you guys are vetting for and people are coming to you with? Well, it's always different. And I do want to touch on, we mentioned newborn care specialists. That's another thing that we do a lot of um, placing. But, That's um, incredible. Yeah. So every family, you'd be surprised by how unique everyone's needs are. Again, this goes back to like treating it like dating matchmaking. Yeah. Because every child's need, needs are different. And then the parents have different styles, whether it's parenting philosophies, 
whether it's the type of, you know, management style that they have and what they what type of person they work best with. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we're always looking for experience, you know, relevant experience and a lot of it, the more the better. Yeah. Um, you know, in some scenarios, sometimes people are like, you know, somebody who only has two years of experience but is great with school-aged children. Mm -hmm. That's another thing to think about, that sometimes um, – School-aged children have just completely different needs than a newborn would, for example. Definitely. So, you know, um, they're looking for people who have the right experience, a certain amount. Everybody has a different opinion on mm -hmm. how much they need of the experience. And then there's the traits that we're looking for in everybody, which is some nannies who are very warm, very nurturing, very passionate about what they do. They're genuinely interested in working in childcare. You could tell. They have glowing references that yeah. say the same thing. Um, they are responsive, polite, professional, um, and like to have fun, right? Yeah, of <laughs> course, if they're going to be playing with your kids. I'm curious if you find that parents or families are prioritizing soft skills versus credentials. Mm. Um, so... Like, I don't know if someone, you know, they need to be CPR certified mm. or they need to have done X, Y, and Z because that comes up a lot in like my world yeah. in staffing, right? Some people, it's all about cultural fit and we'll, you know, we'll train them, we'll teach them. And some people, it's like, I need them to hit the ground running. So they need to know how yes. to use this program and this thing. So do you find that it's pretty split 50-50 or does it tend to lean one way or the other in terms of their preferences? I think with, with the full-time roles, with the parents who are both working full-time, they almost always want somebody who can step in and take the lead. Mm -hmm. But then some of the ones that are maybe working side-by-side -side with a stay-at-home mom, then they're looking for somebody who is better at following directions and you know yeah. working yeah. like that on, as a team. Okay, that makes total sense. I think that some of the things that um, are kind of like baseline things that are prerequisites that we do look for is like, being CPR certified, being, um, you know, knowing um, infant CPR, you know, child CPR, all of that kind of stuff. And then depending on the family, some some families prefer to have someone who is college educated, someone who isn't college or they don't mind if they're college educated or not. Um, some pref want someone who um, can speak another language so that their child can be exposed to other languages and things like that. And those aren't things that um, we will rule candidates out for, but it's something that we can, you know, in our job description that we post, um, that it's something that could be, you know, an extra bonus for right. a candidate. Um, does have those things. But certainly, you know, if you're working with a newborn, you have to know how to, or an infant, you have to know how to introduce solids. You have to have some sort of basis of knowing how to sleep train and how to change diapers and how those kind of basic, basic things. So those sort of skill sets are more specified depending on the age range um, that you're working with and that you prefer to work with for sure. That makes total sense. I'm kind of laughing to myself a little bit because, of course, you know, you're hiring somebody and paying somebody. Those things are going to be important to you. But then how ironic is it that, I mean, you're an exception because this has been your career and your industry. But, you know, a new mom and new dad, they just go home. 
they like you know, who knows what experience and training they right, had, right? right? <laughs> so it's kind of funny, you know. They're pro- a lot of times I bet they're asking for things yeah, that yeah. they don't, they didn't even learn, right? But I can if you're, tell you how many parents I have taught how to swaddle, taught yeah. how to taught how to give the first newborn bath because that's why some families hire postpartum doulas. That's why they hire newborn care specialists because we're also, they're also emotional support to the family during that postpartum precious time of, you know, the mother and the, the, the family unit healing and like bonding and coming together. And like I said, kids don't come with Amazing. instruction manuals. <laughs> like by twenty thirty five, maybe they will. And they're like, <laughs> right. they need a couple more years. Eventually, they've got to. I mean, come on, come on. If if CVS can still be printing out thirty foot receipts, <laughs> they can send you home with an instruction manual from the hospital when you have a baby. You so. Okay, right? okay. That's so much to ask. But okay. Yeah, that's- that's a lot of, you know, what newborn care specialists and postpartum doulas um, get to do. And it's yeah. really special. Yeah. So that's that's cool, too. There's, you know, certain like niches and specialties within this that that people have. So, OK, so I, I came to you. We went over all of this. I decided what my must haves versus my nice to haves are. What is next? You guys start showing me some profiles of nanny potential nannies and I get to review them and look through them. Yeah, so we take all that legwork out of the vetting every we have the customized pro- process, excuse me, the customized part of the search which is actual recruiting, you know, you get the job posted on major yeah. job boards, social media, and then you start bringing in that, and the new applicants who are applying specifically for that position. So we're vetting all of those candidates from the beginning, and then we're also working with our network of nannies that we've yeah. known for years, see who's available, who could be a good match, talk th- to them about it, and um, see, you know, see if we can make it that way. But um, yeah, so from the parents' perspective, though, we have the consultation, and then we take it from there, and then we start showing the, the profiles. And the way that we show the profiles, we show them, it's very comprehensive. It's the, their resumes, their photos, notes about them, why we think that they're not only just a great nanny, but also specifically for their family, based on everything that we had discussed. And then we also attach the transcripts of the references. Reference checking, I'm sure you know, is extremely important, but I think even more so with vetting nannies. And the only reason why I say it is that I did work in a corporate environment recruiting. Mm-hmm. And um, it's always important. References are always important. Yes. But, you know, there's so many ways to track a, a candidate's success in their job based off their resume, based off what they've succeeded in, based off like what they've done in a normal corporate environment. Mm-hmm. But as a nanny, nobody could tell you what that nanny is like on the job other than the other employee. Absolutely. So we speak to them over the phone. We take transcripts of those calls and then we send them along with the package. Very the cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't think references are ever going to go away in the corporate world, but mm-hmm. you're so right. I mean, you get a lot of generic responses yeah. and yeah. there's certain, you know, metrics that make them a right. good referral versus maybe I wouldn't recommend. Right. But you kind of once when it comes to like a specific skill set. Yeah. You see a lot of the same answers, really anything or great work ethic. Right. Yeah. But you're it with this field. Yeah, there 
in your home, they're caring for your babies. There's so one many of nuances to yes. it, you know? Yes. Um, were they on their phones a lot? Or like, that's a question that comes mm. up a lot for the references, you know, stuff like that. Uh, stuff that would never be asked in a corporate environment. But. No, no, you're right. Okay, so now I get to say, okay, here's my top three, right? Yeah. Or do I get to choose who I want to speak to out yeah. of what you've shown me. Exactly. And yeah. you guys schedule and coordinate interviews. Yes. Perfect. Mm -hmm. And typically, what does the interview process look like? For them? For the yeah. Is it like one interview and then the family makes a decision? Do they like to do a couple? They sleep yeah. on it? How does it go? Yeah. So for us, we do a couple of interviews before they even get shown to the right. family. Right. Uh, but the family does, uh, you, they usually now start with a virtual interview. And then if that goes really well, like let's say they interview maybe four nannies mm -hmm. and, you know, they choose who they think would be. If there's somebody who they're right away, like, okay, this person is definitely it, then we always have them come in for a trial. So a trial is like a full day of work, um, but it's more of like an in-person interview because okay. they're just getting to know each other, making sure it's a good fit. Um, and then, you know, if that goes well, then we help set them up the work agreement. We have a template that was written by a contract lawyer specifically for nannies and families. Wow. Yeah. So we help them navigate that and how to edit it accordingly to their job in particular. Um, but yeah, you know, they, they can interview in, until yeah. they find the right one. Awesome. So with that agreement, yeah. it goes over what the expectations are and what the day-to-day -day is going to look like, I'm sure. Um, but how binding is it? Well, you know, it's at-will employment. So they, the employer has the right to terminate at any point in mm -hmm. time. And the employee also has the right to leave any point in time. However, if they want to have a good reference for the next yeah. job, then they're going to give their proper notice and everything. Um, but I, it's it's binding in the sense that, like, you know, if they don't follow it, they're not going to get a good reference after that. Mm -hmm. But anything that's in any way sketchy at all is grounds for termination. You know what I mean? So right. it's not like the employer needs to... Um, give notice, let's just say, if mm -hmm. something happens that they don't feel comfortable with. Okay, so there's you're, you have that little bit of sort of security and safety with this agreement, but if there's unforeseen circumstances on either end, yeah. anyone can bow out at any time. Yeah. What happens in that scenario? Do they come back to you and you find a replacement? Do they sometimes not come back to you? How does that work? So we have a 90-day policy. So if for whatever reason they do not think it's a good fit within the first 90 days, we will replace that candidate That's at awesome. no additional cost. Yeah. I mean, usually you know within the first five or 10 minutes, right? But you never know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So we always do um, recommend that trial. We have a very high success rate because we don't fit square pegs into round holes or at least try to. Yeah. Um, going back to what we were talking about from the very beginning, where it has to be a good match on both sides in order for it to be a successful match. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, it is just going to fall apart. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing is making sure it's the right match from the very beginning. Right. And then, yeah, but we do have that 90-day policy, which is pretty standard in the in the agency world of doing that. Mm -hmm. However, we don't have any control over how they manage their employees. So if, you know, it's 
some something is wrong with the management style and the year down the road, I mean, you know, there's not much we could do there. Right. Of course. It's, I mean, yeah, you're working with people. They're yeah. unpredictable. Then, yeah. you know, sometimes we say one thing, we do another, or sometimes life just gets in the way. So change can happen at any point. But I think it's just important to note that, you know, Whatever works for you and as your needs evolve and and life evolves and changes, you have the flexibility to do so on either end from either party. Right. Yeah. I mean, the principles of just integrity and communication and clarity um, and honesty are really things that we look for in candidates and that we really encourage um, to do in the employee-employer relationship just at large because that's the best rate for success. And even if the match isn't perfect at the end of the day, um, if, you know, we try, we try to find candidates who practice the utmost integrity. And so with that comes communication and honesty. Absolutely. Um, and, and how they would, you know, choose to to go in a different direction. And how does the cost structure work? Obviously, you don't have to give me hard numbers, but, um, you know, are they paying the nanny? Do they pay you and then you pay the nanny? Is there contingency fees? What if I don't find the right person through the interview process? What can I expect as a potential client of yours? We have a percentage-based fee structure, so it depends on the type of of placement, um, whether that's part-time, full-time, live-in, live-out. Um, there is an initial startup fee that's 350 and that's a deposit that gets deducted from the final placement okay. fee. Um, and that's just to get everything off the ground, get the job posted and all of us to start working on it. Um, but yeah, it's a one-time fee and then, Perfect. Um, it's one and done. I love it. Nice and clean, <laughs> nice and easy. One of the things that I'm really curious to ask you guys about is discipline. So I imagine that can become a part, like a point of contention um, because someone, you know, may be perfect, right, in their initial appearance or at first glance, but then you might see a different side of somebody when they choose to discipline your child differently than maybe you would would discipline your child. Um, Does that get brought up a lot in your experience? We do talk about parenting philosophies to try to make sure that it's aligned with the nannies. However, nannies don't normally discipline in the way that is anything other than what the parent wants them to follow through with okay. throughout the day. So mm-hmm. if the parent is into timeouts and that's what they do, then the nanny would follow suit with that. Okay. As long as it's you know something reasonable, then... That's what the nanny would do. But it's really up to the parents how they want their child to be disciplined. Okay. That makes sense. And that is a question that we ask nannies during the our interview process is, you know, if you are in a situation where a child is having a tantrum, how do you handle it? If you're dealing with an adversity from a toddler mm-hmm. or from you know, the child that you're working with, how do you handle those types of situations? And that's kind of where we... Yeah, we're looking for the the right answers. (laughs) And if it would be a match, and that is, we ask those questions to the family as well. Yeah, to make sure it's a match. Okay, 
that well, makes perfect sense. I mean, if they're say anything other than what the parents would want us to do, then it's kind yeah. of not going to be a person we're going to be moving forward with, you know? Like, yeah. everybody's got No, I mean, I'm not, I, what I'm more so thinking about, to be honest with you, and you don't have to like rat any of your families out, I'm not thinking about like being like aggressive in their discipline at all. I'm more thinking about like those parents that are like, we don't say no. <laughs> if I was a nanny, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, you no. know what? I forgot about that. You're not having a spaghetti taco for breakfast and no, it's not okay to put your hands. Like I, I would have a real problem with that. Yeah. And you know, if some households are very, yeah. Easy going. You know, I am not that type of girl. But I mean, like, do you have to, your nannies have to adjust accordingly? You know, that I mean, at the end of the day, it's not our place to tell anybody how they should raise their children or run their households. But, you know, a lot of our that. most highly, you know, qualified and experienced candidates, a lot of their answers are to like to the questions that um, that we ask, you know, how do you handle these situations? The answer is I I turn to the parent and I say, how would you prefer that I handle this situation? Yeah. And that's really what a lot of them do. That's what I've done in the past. And, you know, where it there isn't some level of congruence, there can be a conversation. Um, and if it's not a good fit and your values just don't align, then that's something to take into consideration too. I've worked for families that they do the I don't say no thing. And I don't really believe in discipline. I believe in um, having teaching moments and teaching opportunities. Right. right. Um, but yeah, I mean, there can be families out there that do that. And it's just something that we have to kind of take into consideration. It's not for us to say whether it's right or wrong or good or bad. Okay, well, I'm going to say it. No, hey, you guys are not saying it. And Nanny Match is not liable, but those parents infuriate me. I also cannot stand when every little kid gets an award at soccer games. Like, like why are we teaching them to just, like, have this arrogance and this, like, they're just so entitled? I'm sorry. That's, like, my thing. I, I'm not mean. I love kids so much, but I'm like, there's rules and regulations to things okay people like yeah. it's not healthy for you to have this sugar for breakfast I'm, I'm trying to help you you know yeah a lot of the names will say this is what's worked for me in the past with other children yeah. blah blah, blah. It, it will burn nannies out mm -hmm. really quickly you know like they might love the family but yeah. if that's the the style then it could it could definitely lead to burnout Okay. Okay. Um, and so my last question for you on all of this is kind of what's next for Nanny Match? I mean, is are you planning to expand into more markets? I know right now you're kind of, you will help anywhere, but yeah. are there either new services you're offering or what can people plan to see yeah. in the future? Well, actually, Allie doesn't even know about this yet, but we're working on like a la carte services. Very cool. So if they don't want us to handle the whole entire placement process, but let's say they want us to help with vetting, running background checks, um, uh, reference checks, awesome. uh, initial consultations with me about, you know, what, how to vet for a candidate, what to look for. Um, so that's one of the things that we're, we're working on to reach a wider market in general. Yeah. Um, and 
Other than that, though, location-wise, I'm an East Coast girl, and I want to stay East Coast, at least for now. All right, <laughs> all right. I love that. It, it really is so great to have such a trusted resource because, like you said, there's no manual, and a lot of people don't know where to go. So to have this one-stop shop, you guys have it all taken care of for them. Pretty, pretty cool. And if, say... Allie didn't work for you, but she's, you know, seven months pregnant. She's a, she's a soon-to-be mom. She's not ready to pull the trigger yet. Do you guys do just, you know, free consultations or do you do the $350 deposit for a consultation? Like, can I just pick your brain to see if this is the right Oh, fit yeah. For we me? do an, a complimentary introduction call. Cool. Yeah, of course. Okay. And then the... Consultation is what kickstarts the whole thing. It's a much more complicated process from there. Okay. And how can people get in touch with you? What's the best way? Email, phone. Um, families, that's for clients. Uh, mm-hmm. We have our email and phone number listed on the website um, and on Google. Yeah. And the website is nannymatch.com. 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 And it's a nanny match on Instagram, right? Right. So on the website, if they go there, they'll be able to find all the contact information to set that up. Yeah, and also on Instagram, too, or Facebook. Okay, perfect. Yeah, and the Instagram is really neat. I think it has a couple little helpful tips and tricks on there. You get to see um, things kind of behind the scenes from that lens and that perspective. So... Even just following on the Instagram, I feel can you can learn a lot. Jessie is our social media manager. She's been with me since 2017. I hired her as an intern when she was at Pace. She was a junior at Pace. Wow! And now she's our manager. She ha- she is a genius. I love what she does. She yeah, she just completely took over everything. She does a fantastic job. Shout out to Jessie. And honestly, I love it. You are in it for the long haul, girl. She is like <laughs> she just finds these people yeah. and she digs the closet and you. Can can't get rid of her, which yeah. I like. I like a lot. You know, I think I can obviously read people. Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't be very good at what I do. That's fair. But when I meet somebody, I I feel very strongly about their skill set um, and just work ethic and everything. Then, yeah, I definitely yeah. want to work with that person for as long as possible. Okay, before I let you ladies go, I have one last question that I like to ask all of the guests. Um, your final piece of advice. It can be pertaining to your specific industry and career. It can be as a woman in this time period in your life. But what is your one th- if they listened to nothing else in this episode what is the l- the one thing you'd really want to be instilled into all the listeners brains i think with um the general crowd that might be listening um definitely trust yourself trust that you can do it whatever it is that you want to do whatever is it that you're thinking of doing um don't mind the haters if there are any because they don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, almost even more importantly, is to become learn to become financially independent, which I wish that I did a lot sooner. Hindsight's twenty twenty, baby. But yeah, yeah if we keep in- instilling it into them now, yeah, they won't have to say coulda, shoulda, woulda. But that's really good advice, Allie. What about you? Yeah, I just to piggyback on that, just 
trusting yourself, having confidence in yourself and, and just kind of trusting the process and believing that everything happens for a reason. We are where we are exactly supposed to be when we're supposed to be there in the timing that it's supposed to happen. And just believing that there are really no accidents in this world. Um, just trying to live in acceptance and gratitude with, with everything that we're given. Wow, I feel like I was just in a meditation real quick. <laughs> but no, like a yoga class. I could not agree more. That was beautifully said. Beautifully said. Thank you guys so much. I really, this is such an important area for a lot of people and some maybe it's not impacting them right now but it will down the road and what you guys are doing is really special and you guys are doing a fantastic job at it so I appreciate you coming here to be able to talk about it one more time for the listeners anannymatch.com and anannymatch on Instagram right that's right all right well I will see you guys next week then bye